0: Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. During these past few months, Brian and I have gotten asked, what are you guys doing in the off season?" Oh, dear listener, there is no offseason for soccer in Knoxville. Sure, one Knox isn't playing right now, but this is the Knox Soccer Podcast, and Knoxville has plenty of soccer to cover. As you already know, Carter Moore has been writing up weekly dispatches of high school soccer matchups over at knocksoccerpodcast.com, and Brian and I have two podcast episodes every month jammed full of soccer content from around East Tennessee. On this episode, Brian chats with Taylor Huff, dynamic midfielder of your very own UT Lady Balls. This interview took place after the 4-2 loss to Alabama on September 22nd. Since then, the Lady Vols have been on a home tear, racking up two wins against Kentucky and Ole Miss. Taylor Huff was named to Top Drawer Soccer's Team of the Week after the Lady Vols toppled the previously undefeated Ole Miss. 19-ranked UT takes on Mizzou tonight, October 6th, at 7 p.m. at Regal Stadium. So enjoy this UT-focused episode, then don on your favorite orange, and get out there tonight to support your reigning SEC champs The UT Lady Vols. All right, Brian, take it away.
1: Hey there, listeners. Brian Ganevet here on this cool Friday morning in late September. I am in the bowels, or not really the bowels, maybe like 20 feet into UT's athletics complex with none other than Taylor Huff, the reigning SEC freshman of the year and one of the stars of Tennessee women's soccer team. Taylor, we are so glad to have you join us on the podcast. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
1: So Taylor, a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with you beyond your name. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to rattle off some accolades for them. You are a four-time high school All-American, the first ever to achieve that in Richland County, Ohio history. You captain the Madison, Ohio Rams to their first and second ever state championships You are the all-time leader in assists in Ohio high school soccer, the 2020 Ohio Girls Soccer Player of the Year, and the 2020 United Soccer Coaches National Player of the Year. In fact, you were so good in high school that you had your number 13 jersey retired. I believe only the third or fourth athlete ever from your school to have that honor. At the college level, you are... Were named to the United Soccer Coaches Players to Watch list for midfielders, number four on Top Drawer Soccer's top 100 freshmen, and a member of their best 11 freshman team. Last year, you were an SEC All-Freshman Team member and an All-SEC Second Team nominee. You were also, as we said earlier, the SEC Freshman of the Year. I don't think I took a <laughs> breath on that one. Did I miss anything?
2: I don't think so.
1: Great. So, I want to go all the way back to the beginning, as with most stories. You were a girl growing up in a small town in Ohio. Could you have imagined any of what you've achieved at this point in your career?
2: Probably never. I mean, growing up in like a small town, watching... Alex Morgan and girls like that just growing up and wanting to be like them but from a young age I always had that desire to want to be better and want to do better so I mean (laughs) from a young age like watching my older sister and like just being able to play on her team and playing up and everything I think I just pushed myself early and often and I think that's why I am kind of where I am today just because of pushing myself and being around like my sister and older players to push me.
1: A lot of us get into sports differently. I was born into an Argentinian family, so I inherited soccer. I didn't have an option. I grew up playing with my dad. A lot of people find their way in through AYSO or youth sports or older siblings. How did you get? into the beautiful game? And did your family play a role in that?
2: Both my parents like grew up playing sports. My dad played baseball and soccer. So I mean, he kind of always had the soccer in him, I guess. But he actually started a uh, club in Mansfield, Mansfield Crew. So we always grew up playing there. I was at the fields like every single day because he was either coaching or I was playing. So growing up there, I've always had that in me. So definitely always around the field and everything.
1: So I've read that Mansfield is in between cleveland and columbus kind of like how knoxville is always described as a city that's in between charlotte and nashville or atlanta and lexington were you a columbus crew fan did you have teams that you supported or or, yeah the flags that you had up in your room
2: yeah it's like super hard because i live an hour from cleveland an hour from columbus and i had like an option at a young age. I could go play in Columbus or I could go play in Cleveland. I actually ended up in Cleveland. So always been like more so categorized myself as more of a Clevelander than Columbus. I guess I support the Browns, but I'm a huge Ohio State football fan. So I mean, different, but also the same.
1: (laughs) Uh, In interviews, you've talked about how much home means to you Mm -hmm. and how much love and support you got during your soccer career. And after you left Richland County for East Tennessee, what was it like growing up in Lucas, is that yeah.
2: right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh,
1: what was it like growing up in Lucas in Richland County? And can you describe that place for me?
2: I lived in the middle of nowhere. So I had a lot of land. So growing up, we'd always ride like quads, four wheelers, everything like that. And it was like super fun. And we'd always kick up against the garage, my older sister and I, and we'd just like make dents in the garage. So growing up, that's what we did. We would come home from school and we'd have to do our homework first. My dad would make us do our homework first. And then we'd always go outside and play. So that was about the daily routine. And then we'd go to practice after that. So it was like a daily thing that we just love to do. As I started to like get older and like my name was more out there for soccer and like being good and everything. Everyone just like, I don't know. There's so much support in Richland County, not only for like Madison, but like for me individually, like going to national team camps or just other camps in general and just like people standing behind me. And I think the biggest thing was when we won the state championship for soccer, it was just like everyone was behind us. And it was so encouraging to see like even after it, the relationships and bonds that will last like a lifetime, not only with like the players, but the friendships of like parents and everything like that. It was just like truly a really great experience and one of my best memories in soccer.
1: So you hear of stories of... Hometown heroes, hometown heroines, people who, as soon as you go back into town, you're immediately recognized, your names, places, there's pictures of you (laughs) in, in restaurants or different venues like that. Is that what Lucas and Mansfield is like?
2: Yeah, Mansfield more so. Lucas is just like a small town where my address was, but Mansfield for sure. I mean, so many connections and relationships built there with friends and families and everything like that. So I'm excited like when I do go back to see everyone because I get to see them maybe like two times a year at this point.
1: All right. So I remember from back when I was coaching high school girls, club soccer. Uh, There was always conversations about whether a player should play high school soccer or not, or whether she should bypass it and just play at a higher, more elite level. You made the decision to play high school soccer, even though with your skill set, by the time you were 14, you probably could have sat it out and played club exclusively. You had the opportunity to play for your dad and to play with your sister. What motivated you to represent Madison over going that more prestigious national route?
2: As a freshman coming into high school, I knew I wanted to have my dad as a coach and play with my sister her final senior year. So the first year is is an easy decision. Like Everyone knew I was going to do that, but what would happen after that? I wasn't necessarily sure. But after my freshman year of high school, I just developed different skills that I wasn't able to necessarily attain when I was playing at the highest level, I played in inter- a club at internationals and I wasn't necessarily like skilled enough to dribble through everyone, like get those skills down. But in high school, since it wasn't as good as competition, I was able to master dribbling through people, doing skills and that. So I think it really helped me as an individual player. As I went back to club, I had those skills in me that I could that I like mastered and everything where I could take it to the next level. So it definitely helped me. I think it's different for each individual player because it can be easy for a person to look at high school as like an off time and to like rest and just have fun with your friends. But I took it upon myself to um, work on things to make myself better. So I was writing things down before each game like, three things that I wanted to get better at. And in that time, I really worked on my left foot. So being dominant with both feet was huge for me throughout high school. And I think if um, you are trying to play high school out there, definitely have that in mind, trying to get better any way you can.
1: And we've seen that left foot a little bit. in Against Bowling Green, you had a shot from outside of the box um, that was a very memorable goal for a lot of fans. It's made the highlight video for the Lady Balls. How do you think that that time working on your skills in high school and writing those lists actually did make you the player that you are today. Did it help?
2: Yeah, just recognizing like where people are in the box too and having that pressure and solving it. So I was able to turn and then just punch it into the right post. So it was definitely a memorable um, just getting that turn and finish off for us.
1: And most recently we saw Jordan Fusco uh, score a similar goal last night against Alabama. We're talking after uh, the 4-2 loss to Alabama here at home. And I believe you played club soccer with Jordan. I did, yeah. I did, yep. So what was it like having this teammate of yours then choose to come to Knoxville as well and now your teammates here at the college level?
2: We well, We played with each other when we were like 12, 13 and kind of grew up a little bit together. And then we went to our club internationals also together. So getting to see her and progress and everything like that, it's been really cool. And then having her here in Knoxville with me has been super good. Just knowing how we play and playing with each other and then seeing her get that goal last night, it it was such a good shot and just getting us ahead was huge.
1: All right, so you obviously love the place that you came from. They love you back. What was it like making the move here to Knoxville? I I didn't pull up Google Maps, so I don't know how far this is from home for you, but what was it like? moving your life and settling into a new place?
2: It's about seven and a half hours, so not terrible, but also can't necessarily drive it by myself in a day. It's been hard balance because I'm really close with my family, but they do come see me a lot, so that's been good. I think freshman year is a bit tougher with everything in general, just moving down here and everything like that, but it's been good. It hasn't been too terrible. FaceTime my family all the time and just try to keep up to date with them as well as balancing everything here.
1: What's helped you here in Knoxville to settle in? Are there places that you've really enjoyed going to? Whether those are coffee shops, restaurants, just parks, places to hang out. Yeah. What do you like about this place? Oh, my gosh.
2: My thing is sitting by the river. I just find it so peaceful. I just go down there, sit and sometimes read a little bit, but mostly just listen to music and just sit on the river. It's really peaceful for me.
1: Now, um, you're in your sophomore year at at UT. In your freshman year, last season, you finished second on the team in goals with 10, just a couple behind the forward Jada Thomas. You had five assists. You were a key piece in the team's run to its first SEC tournament championship since 2008. There is no game planning against Taylor. Larry Atkinson, the head coach of Ontario High School in Ohio, said that. She has the speed, skill, physicality, and just overall ability to take over a game whenever she wants. Your former head coach Brian Penske said, Your brain works at a speed not common, even among elite college players. A lot of times, young kids, they go to sleep in transitions. Their brain doesn't keep up with the speed of the game, he said. Taylor's brain sometimes is ahead of the game. So that's what people have said about you. How do you see yourself as a player? What mindset, ability, value do you think you bring to Tennessee women's soccer?
2: I guess I'm always just trying to think ahead, like Brian was saying, think ahead of the next play, what's gonna happen, or just in general, like where I need to put myself in spaces to get the ball or open up the space for someone else. So I have a lot of different skill sets. So each game brings out different parts of my skill set. So it's hard to read what I'm going to do. And even for me, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what this game's going to bring, but I'm just going to prepare myself the best I can to attack this team in a way that I can break them down. So rather that be dribbling through players like I was able to do last night or passing around and just connecting the passes for us to find the forwards and then them go on a run. But each game brings different things, but um, having those skill sets of multiple different attributes is pretty good.
1: So, like, if you had a tops player card and it had your picture on the front with your number thirteen, which we're going to get back to, okay, and then on the back it had some skills. What do you think are your your best skills, or how would how would you be described in your in your player card?
2: Probably one v one beating attacking, one v one attacking, and I would say, hmm, gosh, this is hard.
1: I think another way of asking this question is to ask if you were putting together a highlight video of yourself, what are the kind of clips that you would put in a highlight video?
2: I would put in my highlight video, the shots from uh, last year against Auburn in South Carolina, shots from distance is a huge one. And then just beating players on the dribble and then laying the ball off to the forward or just finding space to dribble through and hit the shot.
1: The lady ball name carries a lot of weight in Knoxville. My daughter, who's only two and a half years old and who was there last night with me, For the game and last month for the 1-1 draw to SMU, she's taken to shouting, go Lady Balls, go Lady Balls around the house all the time. (laughs) What weight does that name carry for you? And did it influence at all your decision to choose UT over the many other schools that I'm sure were, were knocking on your door?
2: Tennessee's just a special place. It really is. The culture and everything about the community and of it reminds me a lot of my hometown But the legacy, everything about it is just so special. And it's definitely when I came here on my visit as a freshman in high school, like I could just tell from the minute I walked on campus, the people just truly stood behind each sport and just loved and cared for each individual. And I think that's what drew me to Tennessee.
1: So I've been watching and reporting on Lady Ball soccer for almost a decade now. That first team that I followed in 2013 had Hannah Wilkinson, Mm -hmm. three-time Olympian and World Cup player for New Zealand in it. I've seen Bunny Shaw, Jamaica's leading goal scorer and a striker with Manchester City in the Women's Super League. And with these players like the Caroline Browns, uh, Rion Wilkinsons, there's just something different about the way they touch the ball and move with it. The way you move with the ball, the way you hit the ball in and out of the box, your stride when you're breaking with the ball from midfield. We saw it last year in that bullet strike from distance mm-hmm. against South Carolina. And this fall in the mazy run that you made through midfield before hitting a perfect diagonal pass to Jordan, for her goal against Kennesaw State are there players that you look up to or model yourself after and how has your style and approach to the game become what it is now
2: Alex Morgan definitely was one for me growing up and I actually chose her number because I just looked up to her so much 13 and obviously I made it my own number since then but just her runs and off the ball and seeing her like when I was younger and now seeing her and just development and it's just been so good and then watching recently Ashley Sanchez um, develop into the midfield for the U.S. Women's National Team. She's just such a dynamic and great player. So the biggest thing for me is just watching different players and adding them to my game and mastering them.
1: All right. Have you gotten the chance to watch Alex Morgan in person or train with her in the past? I haven't trained with
2: her, but I have watched her in the past in person. So, I mean, it's just incredible watching professionals in person anyway. So it was great.
1: Do you get out to many national team or, um, you know, pro games?
2: I went to NWSL game this year Washington Spirit I actually got to train with them so that was a great experience watching the games in person and just seeing their rituals and routines has been I mean it was just an incredible experience
1: my last big question for you Taylor before we get into kind of a lightning round scenario Tennessee came in this year ranked among the top 15 teams in the country arguably you had the hardest schedule to start the season with opening matches against North Carolina SMU and Duke all ranked You've been here for the second of two consecutive SEC East Championships. You got a new head coach in Joe Kurt, who was previously an assistant coach, goalkeeping coach, and a new assistant in Becky Edwards, a former pro at the NWSL level. What are your ambitions for this season, and what do you think this team is capable of?
2: I think we're capable of everything we did last year. We only lost one person, so... We just have to find ourselves, and right now it's obviously been tough, but seeing us just come together, I mean, we're still family, we're still trying to get better, but finding ourselves is just going to be key for us right now because we did have a tough start to the season against Duke, North Carolina, great teams, SMU, but there's no better way to start off the season than playing the best. We'd rather lose now than further into the season NCIA's. so I think getting this experience now and the exposure to the best teams in the country and learning what we need to do better obviously it's hard right now and but we'll get through it and I think we're going to find ourselves soon and once we find ourselves it's it's going to be go time and it's going to be amazing.
1: I've heard through the grapevine that you are an extremely competitive player who holds yourself and those around you to very high standards yeah (laughs) and (laughs) And so, having lost to Alabama last night, is there going to be a little bit of vengeance on your mind when you play them next time or run into them in the tournament?
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think, I mean, yeah, I am the most competitive person and I will take that game to heart. But yeah, very competitive. I think part of it, too, is I'm competitive. But at the same time, like after the game, I was like, I don't know what we could have done, like trying to watch the film, like after, and I'll go through it today. But I mean, I asked Joe, I was talking to him, I'm like, I don't know what we could have done so just figuring out what we could have done better and just learning from it going forward because I think that'll be key taking that game into consideration learning from it and just moving on and pressing forward.
1: All right, so I've got some Quaker hitting questions for you, okay. Taylor. I have read that you love to be creative and that you mm-hmm. dabble a little bit in writing. I don't actually know what your major is here at UT, but I'm curious. What are the things that you love to do away from the soccer field?
2: I really like to read, go through the Bible, or just leadership or mentality books. I like to write, so in high school more so than now. But I would write, and I'd have my own. I think it was called Wix site or something like that. So had a little going there, but like to write my thoughts, process them and everything like that. I used to draw and color and things like that, but that's more like when I was younger, but the creative side, cricket. I don't know if you've heard of that, but- I have not
1: heard. The game of cricket? The sport no, of cricket. like
2: it's a cricket where you can like make shirts and like make designs- and like put them on things so it could be like stickers it could be writing it could be different things but there's so much to do with but you can be creative through that and i just love to do that i'll sit in my basement at home and i'll do this over christmas break it's very peaceful like to be creative and things like that
1: and what is your major my
2: major is business management
1: this past may you were called up to the u.s women's u20 national roster for the first time you featured in two closed-door friendlies against costa rica You've stated that you would like to play pro, perhaps even for Man City, where Bunny Shaw is currently leading the line with Chloe Kelly, the heroine of England's (laughs) Euro victory. Mm -hmm. What do you see for yourself after college, and where will our faithful Knock Soccer Podcast listeners be able to keep up with Taylor Huff once you uh, move on to the next level of your career?
2: Yeah, I definitely want to play pro wherever that may be. I mean, opportunities will happen, and I think for me it's just trying to get to – the best level that I can. Man City has always been my dream to play for and seeing Bunny Shaw there and like she played here. It's just like amazing. So definitely want to play pro wherever that may be.
1: Do you follow the NWSL much?
2: Yeah, I do. If
1: you had to choose an NWSL side, and this will never come back on you, I promise, because nobody listens to this podcast from an NWSL market. Do you have any that you would uh, like to play on based on, you know, their current roster, current Oh, style? current
2: roster is easy. I'd want to go to San Diego Wave. They have great people right now. They're literally thriving. It's, they're so fun to watch, too. It's awesome.
1: San Diego Wave. Um, we would like to keep her closer to home uh, <laughs> so we'll see how things go in the next couple of years I'm still i still got my fingers crossed at national we'll
2: pick <laughs> yes, up an NWSL that side that would be awesome
1: um, I've been bothering the poor one Knoxville guys like crazy about a USL um, women's super league side mm-hmm. I think I think that's the their USL's pro team so we'd love to see you players stay closer to, closer to us so we don't have yes. to travel so far to see you I've also heard that you are a podcast junkie so besides the knock soccer podcast what other podcasts are you listening to or would you recommend to people
2: this is hard i usually listen to like sermons on my podcast but if i'm not listening to like sermons i'm usually listening to like mentality so i really like kobe bryant the mama mentality so anything with that i'll I'll just search, like, Kobe or anything like that. Tim S. Grover was his trainer, so I also listened to Tim S. Grover. His books are incredible, Relentless, and I just love listening to the mentality that Kobe had and just Tim talking about that. So definitely listen to um, him a lot.
1: So you already got into this a little bit, but uh, I was going to say, you know, numbers are very special in soccer. Mm -hmm. Uh, In many cultures, the number 10 is the most prized jersey. You play as a number 10, uh, even though you don't wear the number 10 jersey. Yeah. I love the number 10, and I was really grateful that in the US, people don't care about numbers as much as in Argentina. So I was like a center back and a holding midfielder playing with the number 10 jersey. Made no sense. <laughs> uh, you got the number nine jersey. That's the striker, the poacher. You play with the number 13. Do you ever see yourself putting another number on your back, or are you 13 for life?
2: Oh, I hope I'm 13 for life. I love that number. And it, I mean, it just continues to like show up in different things. It's so cool to see like just 13 everywhere.
1: So one of the coolest things I, Got to experience was many many years ago. Thanks to Stephen Lee, who was in SID here for the Lady Balls at the time. I had interviewed Hannah Wilkinson, and she had told me that Abby Wambach was one of her heroes. And then New Zealand actually got to play a friendly with the U.S. Women's National Team. She scored, and I texted Stephen right after, and I was like, "Do you know if there's any chance that she met Abby?" And he texted me a photo of Hannah holding up oh, her jersey. And I was like, "Can you please let me talk to her?" And he did. As soon as the bus pulled in the Soccer Stadium, it was late at night. Uh, I don't remember what day of the week it was. Hannah like came off to the side and we talked for a while. So
2: that's awesome.
1: Theoretically, Alex Morgan is in her early 30s. She may still be at the wave in a couple of years if you break into the team. Mm-hmm. So
2: I know, I know. I hope, I hope I get to meet her. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: Uh, last but not least, we have tried and failed to recruit my absolute favorite fast food restaurant as a sponsor for this podcast i've tweeted i've instagrammed i used smoke signals and shouted into the heavens but crystals just will not respond to me <laughs> i know that nil has opened up the door of opportunity for college athletes to make some deserved money for your efforts and you just happen to be a crystal sponsored athlete so can you say definitively and once and for all for my wife and all the other doubters out there that a sack full of crystals chicks is essential to top athletic performance <laughs>
2: It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. I gotta say. I gotta say. It is.
1: <laughs> what 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 was it like uh, getting that sponsorship from Crystals and uh, yeah. some of the other deals that, or sponsorships that you may have gotten? Right.
2: I mean, coming into college, like, is when NIL got passed. So. I didn't necessarily know it any other way. So, I mean, getting that experience to work with business partners and different companies and putting my name out there and being branded by them is just like such a cool and unique opportunity that we wouldn't have unless it got passed. and. After, like, I do graduate and other things like that, like, these opportunities n- won't necessarily be there later in life. So, like, just having that experience and everything now, it's just, it's so cool. And working hard and, like, putting myself out there and then getting, like, different deals and brands, like, coming to me, is it's it's been really cool.
1: What is your favorite Crystal's menu item?
2: Probably their mini cheeseburgers.
1: I like everything that they make, so I truly don't have a preference. But (laughs) do you have any dream brands that you'd love to work with?
2: Oh, gosh. I think number one would be Nike. Nike would be top up there. Amazing. Like, that would be (laughs) probably the number one that I'd want.
1: I want to give you an opportunity to say something if you'd like. I know that you are a person of faith. I've read that Matthew 633 is a scripture that you hold very close to your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Yes. Yep. What fuels Taylor Huff mm-hmm. and what do you hope most of all that people know you for?
2: Like most of all, I just want people to like see and know the love of God. Like honestly, like I wouldn't be where I am without God and it's been evident since I was like young, I mean, I didn't necessarily go to church. I just kind of like always had a feeling in my heart. Got involved with like a church and just like getting to know everyone and everything like that. And as a young girl, like growing up and like being decent at soccer and like having all those pressures and everything like that, I'm very lucky that I had like God to put all like my burdens and lay it down. Because if I were to trying, trying to like live up to what man is putting on me, like everything, like, awards, talents, everything like that, it just wouldn't be sustainable and fulfilling at all. So having God as like the center of my life has changed everything about it because I know I'm not living for goals and awards and accolades and everything like that. I'm living to honor him and the talent he's given me. So having that has changed my life and just playing soccer just brings me so much joy and to have that ability he's given me has been absolutely incredible and just continuing to seek him and um see where he leads me is definitely going to be exciting in these next few years
1: all right thanks taylor we are very glad that he led you here to tennessee and that we get (laughs) to enjoy you um everybody lady balls are Uh, Not even midway through their season at this point, so there is much to follow along with. We wish you, Taylor, the best, as well as the team. Um, And for me here, Patty, I'm out.
0: Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the pod today. So many shout-outs on this episode, but the most important one, Alex Morgan, if you're listening, a fellow number 13 would love a little kickabout, hit her up. That's it for this episode of the Knock Soccer Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play. Subscribe to email contents for all knock Soccer happenings at knocksoccerpodcast.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, telling us where you're listening from and what you love about the show. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter and stay tuned to your pod feed every other week for new episodes and knocksoccerpodcast.com for weekly content. Go Vols! Rexem AFC, we see you and we believe. We're always down to chat. Just let us know.